Hello and welcome back to the Evolving Hockey Podcast. It's July 19th and we have just witnessed the first few days of free agency. I, I wish everyone, sorry, Josh, <laughs> just go with I, it. I, I was, I wanted to, I, I just wish that people could see every time that Sean opens the podcast up that he actually gets very animated. Like, even though no one can see it, it's like this, this like, why force, are you interrupting you know? Sean? I just Josh. think I just noticed it. I just noticed it. Sorry. Continue. You, you, Sean. Guys, you guys had your coffee and now you're all, I'm ready up. to go. We're all amped. We're yeah. amped from free agency. Sorry. Continue Sean with I the know. introductions. It, well, we're kind of done with the introductions now, Josh. You kind of just ruined it. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, we, we just had our first few days of free agency when it started, like, Wednesday last week, right, the 13th. And the big um, free agent already signed, Johnny Goudreau, signed in uh, the great city of Columbus, which, I don't know, a lot of people were, like, extremely upset about. Uh, I don't know. I, whatever. I, so the thing for me was more – I. It's hard for I think it's hard to 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 um differentiate people being like I don't I think Columbus is a silly city blah 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 with also like people saying why did he go there as in like it doesn't really make any sense like not that he didn't he's like Columbus isn't a good city it's more like he go he went to Columbus like they they were six in the metro last year right like they signed Gubranson for a four million by four year deal they maybe aren't gonna sign line or like I don't know it's just like a lot of like they're. It's more just confusing the reasons why, and it really, honestly, afterwards just came out that he just liked, he wanted to get out of Canada, it seemed like, out of Calgary. It He kind of liked, he liked Columbus, it seemed, right? And he kind of wants to be close to the East Coast, but I guess not close enough, or like not that close to where he's from, right? I don't know. So did I get most of those points right? Sure. <laughs> did it come out, Did was there something he didn't like Canada? Is that what? Uh, well, like... Mm. Does he hate? Does he hate Canada now? Is he Canada's number I, one, no, one it, number one uh, public enemy? I, one? I don't think there was. He didn't say anything about that. It was more. You could kind of read between the lines of what he was saying was that he didn't want to be there. It was more like he wanted to get back to the states, maybe out east. Um, and there were some kind of things if you really wanted to read into it. I think a little bit that implied that he may have not really enjoyed the being in a huge market like Calgary or something like that in Canada. I don't know. I, I feel like that's how the, the the vibes I got from reading some of it felt to me. Um, but you could just as much parse yeah, out. But I was else. more of like it was just such a random place to go, considering all the rumors. That's like what I was. Yeah. Because like on the day it was like, oh, Calgary's got this offer on the table, and then there's also. The Devils and the Flyers were in on it, or, and then the, the Islanders, Islanders yeah. and it's like, oh, all these teams. And then there was like a report, oh, Columbus, maybe seven years, $12 million is like a rumor I saw. And that was maybe four or three, four hours before he signed. And then it was just like Friedman tweeted out, yeah, uh, sounds like Goudreau to Columbus. And then it was seven by 9.8 million or whatever. Yeah. It was Which like, is, what? To, I, and I want to be fair. We went to Columbus, the, the CBJ hack, uh, what was it, two years ago. Columbus is a very nice city. I really enjoyed when we were in Columbus. I thought the the city was great. Granted, we weren't in the city a ton, but I don't have anything wrong with Columbus. It's I well, I don't know. I guess I don't really think of Columbus as the Midwest, although most people would consider Ohio, I suppose, as Midwest. Although to me, it's not at all. But you know, it's it's part of our you know. So I like Columbus. Are you gatekeeping? 
Huh? No, yeah, Josh is definitely I am. gatekeeping. I, okay, we got. I guess we, we might as well talk a little geography <laughs> here. Geography, because people are trying to include like Phil, you know, Pennsylvania in the Midwest, and like I don't think like if you look at on the map where Ohio and Pennsylvania are, there's just no way they could be considered even close to mid. I think middle of the country. Mid. Yeah, mid in terms of quality. <laughs> it's not part of the Midwest. <laughs> yeah, they're definitely mid, the mid just not in the way you think. <laughs> um. Anyway, so I want to get that. Yeah, I, I don't. Columbus I, is a very nice city, and it it was more, yeah, like Luke said, very very random. Also, I will forever be irritated that he signed. Uh, it seemed like a contract that he, or I mean, he could have signed a contract that was basically right in line with our projection, <laughs> and he decided to just say no and sign a contract a million under what our projection was. Because um, I'm pretty sure that I don't know if the, if they finalized the reports, but it sounded like Calgary offered it like eight year 10.5 or something like that seemed like what Calgary's offer was in that ballpark. And it maybe the devil's offered around that too at seven years is kind of what it seemed like the reporting indicated, um, which is more or less right where we had his contract in our projection for a new I, team. I, I don't know. Elliot Friedman came out and said he saw like he's heard no, like he couldn't find any way to like support like 10 and a half from New Jersey. He heard like nine okay. was probably the number. Okay. So maybe I'm, maybe One, I'm right. Nine. Yeah. And it, it's Only? very they could have got up to like nine point five. But I, think he I, said. I oh, thought okay. like the rumors were that Calgary had offered like basically over. Yeah, 10. they had. I'm pretty sure that Calgary had offered like almost up to eleven million. If yeah, I remember, they, correctly. that's like before the Calgary tax, you know. Yeah. Well, yeah, but I mean that we don't we don't have that in our in our evaluation anyway. That's ultimately what I'm irritated about. It'll be interesting though to see you know with. Uh, with our favorite player uh, uh, Bjorkstrand on Columbus, how Goudreau and uh, Bjorkstrand that would be uh, fun. Yeah, I mean, actually, I wanted to go check. I, I just like genuinely have no clue, and I've stopped trying to figure it out. Like how like Columbus could go about this lineup. It, it's just no it's idea. just strange. You guys like said like what kind of team does Ottawa think they are? It's like what yeah. kind of team does Columbus think they are? Granted, like Yarmo, I think was like really caught off guard, and then he's like, well, if we could sign Johnny Goudreau, like we need to. Yeah, but it's like what do what do they think they are? They basically have no centermen, and they have like a good playmaking winger in Johnny Goudreau. You have a good two hundred foot winger and like Oliver Bjorkstrand, and then like you have nothing else. Well, yeah, Zach yeah. Wierenski's really good, and, and if they bring oh, yeah, Liney back, I suppose Wierenski's you have really a shooter. Good. But you Liney know. is like, I'm sorry, Liney is not very good. <laughs> like, yeah, he scores a bunch of goals, but like. I'm sorry, he's just not anything close to what you know you would think that he that he probably is projected to make. Just because he that's all he does, he just, just scores yeah. goals like that's it, and he does nothing else. And um, yeah, but uh, yeah, the Goudreau signing was kind of the one weird. That was the one un. Uh, that was the surprising one. I'm trying to think. I thought free agency was pretty fun though, but that Hold was on, just I'm the curious. first I, day. I want to continue on this Columbus uh, thinking about who they're. What well, we got so many free agents to talk what about. What their bro. lines gotta... will be. I know we do. We shouldn't. It was. I mean, it was easily. I think the biggest. What was the next biggest one? Like Giroux, I guess maybe to Ottawa was yeah. the probably the next one. Should we just talk about Ottawa? Because Ottawa has been doing. Yeah. They've been uh, move, shake, moving and <laughs> and grooving. <laughs> <laughs> moving and grooving up in uh up in Ottawa. <laughs> I feel I just had a flash of do you know the the Jason Zuckerberg, <laughs> the meat beat chef? Have you seen that video where he's no. talking about smoking meats? Yeah, it's a classic YouTube a classic matchup YouTube. of this live stream that Zuckerberg did in his backyard and he just he Oh said, 
Yes, it's he, really good. You gotta go watch smoking it. meats and like smoking meats, smoking brisket, like 50, smoke a brisket for twelve hours, fifty times. It's said, incredible. Anyway, I'm I don't sorry. know why are you talking about that because right I just had a, a vision of myself in that <laughs> video in the way I said that that just popped yeah, in my mind. Moving, anyway, Luke, moving and grooving. And anyway, uh, <laughs> Ottawa. Yeah, big things. <laughs> yeah, big big things in general. Yeah. I mean, I thought Ottawa has been very surprising in terms of like what what they've done right i mean they brought in Giroux. um they traded for debrinket who else did they sign let me uh, see they well they they signed josh norris as well yeah um, that was an overpayment which but, i think was a bit of a interesting contract um but i mean it seems they like made, they're you just, know they traded they traded for talbot right uh, yeah which uh you know i don't know i i, I they traded think... away oh vesna caliber goalie <laughs> And then replaced him with Cam Talbot. With Cam Talbot, the, maybe the most. Oh, we un- didn't even talk about Murray. Oh, we did. We talked about Murray last week. Yeah, we did. Yeah, uh, the least, the least m- new star. I know the most. Yeah, Calbot or Calbot, Calbot, Cam, Tam Calbot, Cam Talbot was at least in recent memory one of the most undeserving All Stars last year. No, not. I mean, no disrespect. Negative seventeen. Yeah, he goals saved. Yeah, when 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 Kaprizov right was right there. Uh, Wasn't that? It was yeah. Matt Murray last year saved more goals than expected. Can't tell yeah. it. Yeah, but a lot more goals than expected. Yeah, but so, I mean, the, they got rid of that contract though. Matt Murray's contract. I still don't know how the Leafs took on that contract. But anyway, it doesn't. <laughs> well, should have yeah. traded for Kokkinen. The the goalie contracts are just odd. They're so weird. I mean, goalie they couldn't have are... kept Campbell. I mean, he signed five and five and five. Like yeah. <laughs> later. Yeah, oh, and then, yeah. like Darcy Kemper went for what, like another? I think it was close to that. It was over that. It was like it was five over that, right? Was yeah. it five in like five and a half or five point something? Yeah, me... he signed for five point two five. Yeah, but that was yeah. for five years, two four five with a modified no trade clause, and he is uh, thirty two. Who? <laughs> Darcy Kemper. Kemper's 32 He's 32, already? and they signed him to a five-year contract with a modified no-trade clause for every when year. Was, when he was playing in the wild? Oh, he, he's been around for a long time. I, I, I mean, I was have... like, he still looks like he's 25. Yeah, he looks like, like not, he's I'm, pretty young. But I'm uh, saying that, like, yeah, Kemper, it's like, I mean, there was, yeah, the goalie market was wild. Like, there's just, I mean, that's, you know, that's what's going to happen in, when, when you know, you have players who've had established, proven seasons in the nhl I they're gonna the, get paid the abs are gonna look look like geniuses signing uh trading for and signing gorgiev then yeah well and the thing oh, is, I, this totally is this, I don't know we talked about this Which a little they bit did with grubauer back in the day yeah well this senses. is the thing that i i think and I, I i said this elsewhere but i honestly think that the abs one of the most underrated aspects of the abs is their ability to go out and find just a goalie who's cheap who can they can just use that can just be pretty well good, they paid him 3.4 million so yeah but like they're not oh they're not you know yeah. But they would have had to pay a decent amount to, yeah. to keep Kemper. And it's not like yeah. you could just go oh, get yeah. starting goalies. Like, Gorgiev is no. like, you could probably put him at, as a starter. Yeah, granted, Colorado is very good, and they have a way of also their system kind of supporting the goalie, which seems to work. You know, it's not that hard when you're that good. But to begin with, I mean, even, you know, even in their, yeah, like Grubauer or like even before then, they, they just have had a, a knack for getting cheap goaltending that's been pretty serviceable. Um, I'm trying to think who else is still available in, did Huso sign, or did they just trade him? Uh, I don't think Vanacek has signed yet, has he? Um, Huso did the... sign. He signed for four point seven five million. Okay, yeah. so that was the other option, which is very, which is also expensive. So I guess if you know, that's with the Red Wings. I really like that trade for the Red Wings. We've our stuff is 
Well, Huso had like an incredible streak this past season. Yeah. Um, when I was looking at rolling goal saved above expected charts, I remember because I think I can't remember who asked somebody. We were talking about Grubauer and and his season last year and and like just where he bottomed out and if he started coming back and then I saw Huso was like breaking the chart sometime in the middle of the season but he's he had a really kind of odd season last year um didn't look pretty great it didn't look particularly good in the playoffs but um I mean then he got pulled for Bennington so yeah <laughs> but yeah he's a I mean he's 26 so the goalie yeah the goalie market yeah, is just by, weird by our stuff I think um or our, our contract projections I think the highest and I don't even know if, if there's a UFA that's still Koskinen, I think, might be the last like UFA goalie that's kind of has the highest projection by our stuff. Um, we have him signing, even though he's he's thirty three. Uh, his most likely deal is a little under three million, but two years. Um, and uh, yeah, and then and then it's just uh, Vanacek and Ottinger are the RFAs above him. So then after that, I think what DeSmith signed already, Koskinen signed uh, already, Georgiev signed already, Samsonov did he? Yeah, sign, he I think got traded, right? Yes. Wedgwood, I think, also hasn't signed. Uh I don't know. You know, so, that's another funny goalie, Scott Wedgwood. He 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 came up looking pretty good in our game projection <laughs> goalie models. Like I was like Oh no, he did sign. Wedgwood signed uh with the stars. But again, it's it's goalies, so Wedgwood signed at the end of June. I guess I missed this. Um anyway, so there's not a lot of goalies out there. No, that's I think. So the, I think that can be an explanation for the kind of weird moves we've seen. Is just there's not a lot of goalies available, and the ones that were, especially for the Leafs, like you said, Sean, like Campbell, they can't re-sign Campbell to five by five. So yeah, go ahead I, and get. I, yeah, I Murray. mean, I actually I think the Leafs did a pretty good job this free agency. I just don't know what their like their goaltending isn't is it's just going to be what it's been last year. I mean, like I don't know, is Murray really going to be the answer? Like, what are they doing? They just they think that that'll work. I think the bet is that um, I guess he's like sort of fixed some of like the constraints in his game, like particularly with like lateral movement. I think is the bet. I don't think he was that bad last year. Not that he played very much. And yeah. Then, yeah. Like at the same time, it's a significantly better contract. <laughs> I mean, yeah. You, they're just kind of like put into a terrible place, and then they got Samsonov as well. So. Uh yeah, you know. okay yeah. That's who. That's where Samsonov went. I I think I don't know it, but otherwise I think the Leafs have done well. Giordano has really thrown a wrench in our valuation. I'm very irritated with that Giordano contract. I don't know why you guys don't just don't like throw it out because well, that's, to some so, sense, yeah, to some sense, okay. That's not exactly what you're trying to predict. Like Giordano, literally. He almost like opts out of the NHL to some extent at this point. Like, <laughs> yeah, he yeah. just was like, yeah, just pay me like a minimal amount. Yeah. You know, and it's like, it's not really what you're trying to project here. Like, no. you're trying to project with the idea that both parties are opting for like their uh, most optimal situation to some sense or like within like reasonable idea yeah whereas like giordano was like yeah just pay me whatever you want yeah. and like it was kind of with spezza spezza did kind of the same same thing with the leafs uh was that two years ago and marlo too kind of yeah and patrick marlo like I remember right i don't know it's just to, like it's you know, it's no, just funny because it's that i mean we said this at the time but that giordano contract is just like it's the biggest outlier co- projection we've ever seen like, that's there's not really anything even close. I mean, I think that like what like one of the what, weird like maybe that 
What do you think? Taylor so, Hall, one year, eight so million or whatever. That one, I actually, I had when I was doing the evaluation before. Actually, Patrick Liney's uh, deal from um, last summer. Oh yeah, was the one one year seven point five million was actually I did exclude that from from some of the evaluation stuff because it was so way out. Um, I agree with you though, Sean, and I, I've been doing it. It is hilarious because there are. If right now the model, and I think we maybe get more into model performance in the second half, uh, so I won't get into too much now. But um, like if I just exclude Giordano, Latang, and Rust, who I think all three of them kind of have some underlying like you know stuff that isn't really what we're trying to do necessarily. Um, the model it just like completely evens out. So there's like those three contracts specifically are like Giordano specifically is lowering R squared by like an absurd amount for one data point, which I think is a good enough indication, you know, argument to say, well, that shouldn't probably just be included in valuation. But I think it's important, at least for us now, to show all of the contracts because you know just because that's well, and you also know, it, it's something to add when we're, when we're training in the future, yeah. like. We're going to keep Although, it in there because I, it, I, I would it, consider potentially I, we never really remove data. Yeah. We never remove data points like from our training models because it's like every point data point, as long as it's correct, is is useful. I found. Um, but I, I I'm in my back of my head. I'm thinking that's such a dumb contract that he signed. Like <laughs> that, it's almost I like a malfunction. I think yeah. yeah. Like, One, it's yeah. Yeah. It, yeah. It's kind of like the same thing as um, it's like almost the inverse of what. We found I, th- I don't know if I talked about this when we went through the contract projection, but this this year we and I haven't really talked about it too much because it's not like that big of a deal. But um, we we now are also using um, terminated and bought out contracts in the in the data, which we didn't have before to train the model. Um, and those are kind of the opposite of this, where when I included those contracts, the model got worse um, because those value almost every single deal that was bought out for the most part. Or was, terminated, or terminated was just not a good signing to begin with, which is why they were bought out. Well, um, when you say worse, you mean that the out of sample evaluation, yeah. it, the, the model, it, it was harder to predict yes, out of sample yeah, if you include yeah. bought out and terminated contracts, which yes is really kind of a funny thing to think about because before, like we get our get, uh, uh, data from Cap Friendly, and we weren't, um, we didn't have terminated and bought out and so that was something that we were able to get this year yeah um, now i was able to i think i talked about this before i was able to make up the difference and the model ended up being a little better this year in out of sample and evaluation than it was and so far again we'll get i we spent a lot on the current on the model right now but um, we'll get more to that second half but it's been doing pretty well but yeah the the giordano contract is really funny especially when you look at the other defense like ubranson signed what four by four <laughs> yeah uh, like letty sherrod letty sherrod uh who else was a big and then klingberg is still outstanding latang i still think that latang could have gotten like major dollars on the ufa if he went ufa and didn't stay with pittsburgh like i think our it, right now i think we had we projected him close to like it was like nine and a half million or something I, um to some which, extent though i do think like this year finally like we're starting to see a pushback on some of these higher yeah um AAVs like even Johnny Goudreau because of like cap constraints right yeah like, this is kind of Nazem Kadri's problem right now and then like Johnny Goudreau put out like 115 points last year yeah like <laughs> to only get paid 9.75 was like a super low number I know he, he got the same cap hit or cap percentages like Seth Jones and Darnell Nurse basically right like they like that's what he got paid is and I still think I don't know maybe maybe this is wrong I still think he if he actually explored I think that there were some constraints that Goudreau had on where he was considering signing that but I think there was a team that would have given him ten and a half like I, I think that that and it seems like he took a, like a million less just because he didn't really care that much and he wanted to be in Columbus which is you know which is shout out to Columbus you know um, 
But I, I agree. Like your point though is still stands. Is I think that you're like the re- reports around Kadri have been that like teams are trying to clear cap space now, um, right? To like yeah. make room for Kadri. Well, yeah. So we, did, we haven't even talked about the Flyers yet, which has been just so funny because like yeah. the Flyers were supposedly. Well, hold on, hold on. Before okay. we get to the Flyers, I want to just stay on this, me about cap space. I know. Right? I want to stay on this topic because I do agree with you, Sean. Is I think that we're starting to see. This like I I don't like to say it's the flat cap because I don't really think that's what it is. I think that just te- it's been kind of well. I guess you could maybe just say that's a, that's part of it, but also that that I think teams are starting to uh, they're they're realizing that some of these players that they would normally sign are just maybe not panning out, and so you're also seeing teams like make I don't know a, well I don't know if I want to say smarter moves, but. Some teams maybe are lucking into making wiser choices, I think, because they don't have the money. Because they can't, yeah, they can't <laughs> afford to pay, like, you know, uh, like Ben Ed- Sherrod, like, like $5 million. Edmonton, the fact that Pujarvi will probably stay with Edmonton is just Edmonton getting lucky. Like, I think that they just got lucky that he's probably going to sign another year or two with Edmonton. Like, I think if he could have, they would have traded him probably. Did he elect um, for salary arbitration? Yeah, he went to... They, and they gave him a qual, They gave him a QO, and I'm pretty sure... I don't know. Oh, I don't know about arbitration. They well, did they qualify they were going to give him. up his rights. I think he, is, I he elected for salary arbitration. I, I think believe that, I saw I, that. Yeah, I think you might be so right. If so if he elects like, for salary arbitration, then... I don't know. Yeah, you're the lawyer person, so you would know. <laughs> I'm the lawyer. <laughs> oh, sorry. Is that C- that's a money major. Sorry. Uh, maybe, maybe I'll go get a law degree. Yeah, I cannot tell you. you come so back and we tell have, us about yeah, that. I don't know. I can't remember what his qualifying offer or like what his like arb would come out at. We have him projected one year 3.2 as if he were to sign a one-year deal. So, um, you know, it, it, it seems likely that he will probably stay with Edmonton. That's what I see, I've see. i seen recent reports all seem to indicate that, like, the kind of the ship has sailed about trading Pugliardi. Um, and, you know, it probably is because that that's kind of, you know, he probably has a somewhat higher qualifying offer, which is why you sell like Dylan Strom and blah, 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 like what we talked about last last uh, week. Or did we talk about that last week? Yeah, the no qualifying thing. Yeah, yeah, we talked well, about Well, I think, like, week. the idea was, like, that they're afraid of him in arbitration getting, like, too high of a cap hit. Like, that they don't necessarily yeah. hate him as much as they act like they hate him. It's just, like, I, I wonder if some of it's just like an act right now, given <laughs> given that they're in like yeah. like the Edmondson media especially is just very strange to me. It feels all planted. Like I'm not sure if they're like not to sound like mean. I've never met them. <laughs> and I'm not sure if they're real people. Like it just sounds like they're just industry plants. You know? Well so that's it's been, like you are know, these that... like Ken Holland's dolls that are like planting be... this like well, idea and this is, in the media. It wouldn't be the first time that that's happened in the media, right? Is you know, like I, I would say that planted. that you are not the first person to accuse many Edmonton Oilers media people of being <laughs> uh, carrying water for the organization. It's like they one cover. when one malfunctioned and thought a sink was a toilet, or when everybody to oh pee yeah in the sink. Yeah, you know, <laughs> like I think that's something a human being, you know. <laughs> might, might realize. So I, You're saying I, they're robots. I do wonder that if they're, they're an, an AI. Plans. It's an AI coded by Ken Holland to write articles that are favorable to their. Yes. No, I'm, <laughs> but no, I think uh, it it is. Pulyarvi's a an, an interesting one because I have seen that, and there are some really weird takes about it. Like, 
he's a good player and yeah. he's a young good player and, and I don't he, really yeah. get the narratives that I've seen from a lot of the Oilers well, media. I, I get the narratives, which is basically people think he played too much with David. That's the only thing I think that really, and he probably, I think he's a little frustrating to watch sometimes given how he, um, you know, that's a perfect buy low candidate right there. Teams. What are you doing? Yeah. What are you doing? Looks bad. Plays good. That's a good, that's it. <laughs> well, like that's the, yeah. Moneyball. Uh, yeah. That's the, <laughs> I think we had like a chat and like the hockey slack about this a few years back, so I won't go into like any sort of much detail. Not that I remember too much of it, but it's like I think with the Pulyarvi, it's kind of a question of because he was obviously highly touted. He was fourth overall pick. Is it a matter of development or is it a matter of like he was never as good as he was panned out to be? Because he's good at basically everything besides something that would include skill, right? Like shooting yeah. and passing, like. He's a great four checker. Like he's good off the puck. He's good at anticipating. And then he gets the puck and then he's like, what do I do? And it's, <laughs> it's kind of a question to me. It's like, well, if you got him like Daryl Belfry as an example, right? Like the best skills coach in the game. Yeah. Like, could you not at least get that skill up to like average? It also could just be a, a, a the fact that Edmonton maybe didn't, they already had McDavid and Drysaddle, um, so like they weren't. He wasn't really asked to do that necessarily, too. So he was never really developed to be that kind of player. Now, I, I I'm not going to act like I'm know much about development or prospects at all, but that also seems like something that could be a like situation where a new environment for for him would maybe be you know a, a better situation. on the wild. That'd be yeah, a great you know, environment. Exactly. You know, yeah. I think I think if he goes to to Toronto. Oh yeah, you okay, want to you want him on the Leafs now. <laughs> Well, yeah, that's because every player who plays in Toronto is a su- it becomes a superstar. Apologies, but we had some technical difficulties. We'll see how much of that RV segment we're able to save. But for now, we're going to go to break, and then we'll come back after this brand new message from our sponsor, our brand new sponsor, and uh, join us for the second half. The Evolving Hockey Podcast is brought to you by EvolvingHockey.com, your home for advanced NHL statistics on the web. When you become a subscriber to EvolvingHockey.com, you gain access to such evaluation tools as NHL goals above replacement, regularized adjusted plus minus, skater contract projections, visualizations, charts, and much more. Visit Evolving-Hockey.com slash login today to become a subscriber. Well, we're back, and apologies for lying again that it's the same sponsor message over and over. But we're, I think, almost at our one-year anniversary, so like maybe we should change that up, Josh. We should eventually. But yeah, um, Josh, <laughs> the technical difficulties were on my end. Apologies, and so I guess I should. You're fired. Let <laughs> Luke have his time to shine and talk about the Philadelphia Flyers. Who? Oh yeah. Um, Failed to sign Johnny Goudreau despite being the number one destination. And was um, he the number number one destination? That was that was his number one destination. They just didn't for, have the cap for him. So it was I like wonder why really... that was. Why wouldn't they have the cap space for him? <laughs> Is it? I don't know. Hmm. Uh, uh, he's no, from he's he's from New Jersey though. Why doesn't he want to go to the Devils? Yeah, he's from South Jersey. I mean, I don't know. It says New Jersey on Wikipedia. Do you not? <laughs> do you not know like geography? I <laughs> look. New Jersey is so small. I figured that the you know is it, isn't Namita from New Jersey? 
I don't know. How am I supposed to know where but everybody's from? she's from South Jersey, so it's like, you know, like, I'm just trying to, like, relate it back for you. Why are we talking about Goudreau Jersey, again? Right? I don't understand. We already covered him. <laughs> yeah, but they, they were the number one destination. Like, this player wants to go to your team, and you just can't afford him. Yeah, uh, but they, they could have afforded him. That's what I'm saying with the Flyers. It's really funny. Like, they signed maybe, well... What's the worst contract that was signed? Is it the Deloria contract? Uh, it's probably they not gave the a no trade clause. Yeah. Okay, so Gage. so it depends how, and we were getting this later. It depends how you evaluate uh, worst value. So you just want biggest difference between like the projected and actual, or do you want like the worst player who was signed? Because I would argue worst the player. worst player who was signed is the worst contract. Yes, and I think Deloria is the worst player that's been signed this offseason. I think I, that would be my guess. There, I mean, I suppose there were probably some league minimum players that were signed that are, you know, doesn't really matter. I think that Delor- the Delore contract for my money, that or I mean, the Sherrod deal was pretty. Okay, like, you know, I see. I see where you're talking about about <laughs> South Jersey now. It's right by Philadelphia, so I get it now. That makes sense. I was not. I knew that, but I forgot about it. So what a weird state, New it's Jersey. It's a weird is. looking state. Yeah, <laughs> it just says that he's from Salem County. New Jersey doesn't even have a... Is that a city? Is Salem County a no, city? No, it's a county. It's like across the river from Wilmington, which... Yeah, he's like basically Delaware. Like if they had, if they moved his team to Delaware, there he goes. Yeah, there, there, there's your poster child for the Delaware uh, I, ice... Uh, what the hell I, is Delaware? <laughs> it's the first state. I know, but why do they have a big line? Through the middle of the like, because they didn't know what they were doing back then. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> they just like, were like, "Oh, this is what." Sean, this- do you know anyone who lives who's from Delaware? Yeah, plenty of people. You know, plenty, you. plenty of people. I from don't Delaware. know. I don't know personally anyone who is. What's well, the I capital of Delaware? Is it Dover? No. Yeah. Is yeah. it Dover? Okay, I still know my capitals. I think Wilmington is like the the biggest city, right? But Dover is the capital. Yeah. But we we had a really good friend or a friend from in college who was from Providence, Rhode Island. So I do know someone from Rhode Island, but I do not know anyone from Delaware. Yeah, uh, the only but... people I know from Delaware are companies. Mm-hmm. You like that? Like that joke, Sean? That was a great yeah. legal joke. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Anyway, we're way off. Track but the worst maybe may evolving uh, hockey LLC. Yeah, and, uh, we're reincorporating in Delaware. Delaware. <laughs> yeah, we're reincorporating to Delaware. Uh, <laughs> but um, no, I think that, yeah, the Delorier contract, um, probably the worst contract that was signed. And it's funny. The thing about Delorier when I say this is that, like, so Billy Guerin traded a third-round pick for Nick Delorier, which at the time was like, what are you doing? Because literally all the Ducks fans that we follow, I kept seeing everyone was like cheering when he was gone, which is, you know, it's a funny, it's <laughs> yeah. a, it's always a funny outcome when a team trades for someone and then everyone on that team that was, that's, that the team, the players moving from is like, oh, thank God we don't have to like watch this player anymore. And now, now like I was seeing that from Wild fans. So like, oh, thank God the Wild didn't re-sign DeLaurier. And I will say that if you, Nick DeLaurier, and I, I don't want to like keep harping on DeLaurier, but well, he scares me too. So he, I don't. <laughs> he's a fighter, right? He's a really tough guy, fighter guy, but he's he he's one of the worst hockey players I've ever watched. I think like there's <laughs> there's a couple that I've watched on the Wild that were, but Delorier was 
I, mean, I don't know. It could have been my bias, too. But well, Sean, you know, like, and you're more of a watch-the-game kind of guy. But uh, <laughs> but uh, there, even for me, I having watched hockey for I don't know how long it is now, like, I, there are players that stand out as on both sides that are, like, that are specifically really, really bad-looking. They just don't look good. They're slow. And I will add you know. Victor Rask is in there, too. Yeah. But he actually turns out to be pretty decent by our models now yeah. i think that when you put him in a death roll we talked about rask before but yeah that was funny i literally when i saw that i was like i just kind of gasped when i saw that report that it was a four-year deal for delorier so the funny thing and with yeah sorry continue i was just gonna say the flyers like i tweeted this also but their social media account was getting absolutely just roasted <laughs> on twitter like on free agency day and it was so like we were saying how much how 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 much fun Flyers fans are because they just have no problem like it's not like there's people defending the organization the moves they're making it's not like people not are, people are like looking you know through their like what rose-colored glasses well, about even usually if we're critical of a player we'll have some play, people who come in you know to our replies or something and say oh you're you're obviously wrong like this Edmonton. is the reason why <clears throat> yeah there's some no, there's some no. teams that if you are critical of their players and that's actually most teams but the flyers are literally like the fan base is like yeah we're awful like we're really really bad and oh, yeah. i think even the um like the press conferences with like Fletcher and the team afterwards were like i don't even know what they're doing i i just like don't understand i don't know sean do you have any insight as to what you think philadelphia is trying to do do they think they're good do you think the flyers think they're good they're piecing their alumni it was like the entire thing like yeah they're uh, at a certain point they're gonna be like worse than the oilers i mean the oilers i guess like they had all the first overall picks like eventually they got mcdavid but it's like it feels like they want to be the broad street bullies again but yeah, like you have to be good at hockey first. <laughs> it's like well, and also like the not, NHL just right? doesn't work that way anymore. Like it's not, it's not, it, it's it a completely different game. It's they, like you look at the teams that just made it to the final, and you look at the, the the Lightning, right? And yeah, they're physical. They're a big, they're a tough team, but like they're highly skilled and highly, you know, a fast, highly skilled team that plays with, you know, like they're yeah, they have they're tough to play against, and they have like, you know, but their bottom line, right, was maroon. Perry and uh, fucking uh, what Bellamare, right? And uh, <laughs> what? Sean's scared. Oh, it's scared. I, I I used some some some. Uh, anyway, I'm gonna have to check the explicit box on yeah. this one. But like that bottom line was really good for the Lightning. And yeah, they hit a lot, and they're really tough. But like they had a really they had really good results doing that. And it's like that's what like if you're gonna play in today's NHL, that's what you want to do. You like. I'm sorry, but like a lot of those players are just that the Flyers are bringing on. That's I, not I, how I, I it will works say these in, days. in in the defense of Fletcher, they they didn't make any horrible like signings from a value standpoint. The wor- the worst like quote unquote value difference. Well, was Justin when, Braun. When you say value, you mean or that was their. I mean like just comparing our contract projections to what the actual projections were. Yeah, I wouldn't say get, that's that's not the value. That's no. I mean I don't know what whatever you want to based call on it. our contract projections, they didn't significantly overpay anyone. Uh. No, they overpaid um, D'Angelo. That was the only one yeah. that they really significantly overpaid. Also, talk about bringing on D'Angelo. I know. Also, in the middle to piss your fan base off even more. Yeah, like I just don't know. It seems but like the, Fletcher so, is like setting up the the future GM for failure as well. That's what yeah. it seems like. Because they I, and then yeah. and then they signed all these players, right? They signed Ristolainen last year after trading a first for him. Then they signed Delorier. 
and they signed Tony D'Angelo. So, and then who else? And Justin Braun. Well, yeah, they, I mean, they signed a bunch of players this offseason. They like they brought back Nick Sealer, Kevin Donaton, Morgan Frost, Delorey, Adam Brooks, Cooper Morody. I don't yeah. know. Who, I don't. But know anyway, who that I'm just is. saying that, that they signed all these players, which and then Fletcher goes out and says, "Oh, I can't. We don't have the cap space." <laughs> <laughs> it's like whoopsie. Yeah, they signed nine <laughs> players. Granted, they on, they only paid they paid D'Angelo five million per year, and then their next was Delorey at one point seven five. Those were their two big offseason acquisitions and then also them not getting Giroux back um now I don't really know there's also I think there were some other moves too that I'm forgetting but the funny thing is that I don't I so we had some people ask us about this and people assume that Fletcher was like this in Minnesota but he was not like this at all um which is my my understanding is that uh like I I just kind of get the sense that Fletcher is not the only one who's making decisions in Philadelphia right now no. What's going on, Sean? I'm I'm in and out on the Wi-Fi, but I think I'm good now. So, okay, hold I, I but my my thought the whole time is you freeze on me. It's like I I almost like want to remember like what Fletcher took over and then how he was like misguided. Like I want someone to write a book on this someday. And when I say someone, I want it to be Charlie O'Connor, <laughs> yeah. who was on our podcast at one point. Shout out Charlie. Shout out Charlie. Shout out to Chuck. Um, he's probably in the gym right now getting those games in, but, um, <laughs> you know, cause it's like, they needed to sort of go through a rebuild and it like, wasn't in a terrible spot. I think like the problem was at the time, like there was basically like no farm team, like Hextall, like always like drafted poorly or they always drafted poorly and they almost needed to do like this small rebuild and be able to refuel. And they didn't, they're never a team that wants to rebuild and they just went in the wrong direction with it right and they got lucky with av as coach like his first year coaching and then that went downhill and now it's like almost like well it's too late to stop and they just like i don't know do whatever they want now with like no strategy and it's like let's just wing it and see what happens it feels well and to be fair having a team of ristolainen and delore who as our uh bunny on twitter nt rider uh is it 85 i can't remember uh pointed out that that was those were the tank commanders of the 1415 buffalo sabers right there they were uh you know and and there was a really funny rabbit chart that that they posted uh that was both of their charts from the 1415 sabers and it, so if if the if they're trying to do a stealth tank it's not actually not really stealth at all they're because well, they're tanking. full because there's if they're going to be tanking they're to the cap right yeah i know that, like that team is going to be absolutely miserable if this year was bad for them next year's <laughs> absolutely miserable oh, i know yeah, yeah it's, no. it's like i kind of want to run our team projections right now just to see how bad the flyers i are still have i still have a, a, a thought that the coyotes are going to be project worse than the flyers but oh, you yeah. know what's going to happen like just i can already feel it right now it's like carter hart's gonna come out of nowhere <laughs> in the <laughs> first half of the back. season and they're gonna think for a second that they're gonna be like the second wild card team or something come like December tenth, right? And then they'll hit like a thirteen game losing streak. Yeah. Didn't uh, they lose like, ten games in a row twice last year? Uh I think I think so. they did ten and then they went thirteen in a row. Yeah. Right? They okay. were we watched a lot of Flyers randomly last year and they were they weren't very well, good. Well was I just on remember there. I, I just remember like it was like this 
I don't remember the exact date. I want to say it was like January 26th. I could be wrong with the date. <laughs> I'm definitely wrong with the date. Like, but I'm, I know it was January, so like I got to throw throw it out there. And they played the Kings on like a Saturday afternoon at like 12 o'clock, and it was like to go for 14 like straight losses. Yeah, and I watched that game. Like, the, who wants to really watch the Kings? And then they're playing the Flyers. Like, who would want to watch that game? But I am just <laughs> engaged in the game, hoping that they're going to lose to go 14 straight losses. Like, I'm like, this would be terrific. And, of course, they win the game against and the Yeah, yeah. Like and then your your just hopes and dreams are vanquished. And yeah. yeah, But the Flyers, I think, based on our stuff, they're, they're top projected players next year based on our guard projections on EvolvingHockey.com uh, are Travis Sanheim, uh, is number one now that they don't. They, it was Giroux, um, but he's no longer a flyer. Uh, so it's Sanheim, Konechny, and Couturier are their top three. Um, and Couturier I mean, just ha- brought down because entries. Yeah, I think it's yeah. it's almost entirely because he missed so much time. Ellis brought is even further because he didn't play at all last season. Um, right. And you know they, I mean they still have some pieces, but like they just don't have like they didn't add anything this offseason actually i would i would argue they just got worse this offseason by who they added find um, ways to get worse yeah so i don't know that's that's a but, lot about the yeah, flyers it, the thing i was gonna say is it doesn't make i just like what i said before we had uh, another minor uh technical difficulty again was that fletcher in minnesota was really i we were always kind of like fletcher fans in a way i mean we kind of like uh i don't know if i would say fans but we kind of like i defended his moves back when we were the hardcore fletcher, the fletcher well, bad sheets yeah i had a chuck fletcher poster on my wall yeah. when i was a kid uh no i didn't um because like fletcher i think did some very good things in minnesota on his own and and people a lot of people forget that he was the one who brought in uh, uh alex mandriki and and uh ac thomas as their stats team from war and ice and like they had maybe the best at the time like the best department just those two and a lot of the decisions Fletcher's made, I think, were informed by a lot of the analytics like work that the two that their group did there. Um, and now, there also, were a couple moves like yeah, Mike mean, Yo making them get Jared Stoll. Yeah, and a lot of them. Like, so for, you again, know, like what I said, I it, it's very very surprising to me to see Fletcher, who I think when he was in Minnesota, like a lot of people forget that the the mid 2010s Wild were actually pretty good for like a couple years, and they you know he he didn't he, given the owner direction at the time Fletcher was I think a pretty good GM now you could obviously he was the one who signed Precinct Suter so if you want to knock him for that but they were very very good for the wild for a long long time but in Philadelphia I don't think he's done a single good thing I mean has he done anything that's like I that you would maybe give him praise for I can't remember obviously every move of Fletcher's in in Philly but yeah did, not a I, lot did gritty start under Fletcher <laughs> yeah he may have I suppose getting no, Ryan, I, think, I, I think maybe getting acquiring Ryan Ellis was maybe a good good move by him. Yeah, but then, but I, I like that move, but I mean I don't yeah. know. It's but it, okay, we talk, we've covered the Flyers enough already. Yeah. This is fine. But I mean, I, we're we're skipping over the fact the Blackhawks are maybe gonna be equally as bad. Oh yeah. Year, um yeah, Blackhawks lost their, their best player and they uh <laughs> yeah, uh oh we Even didn't have any old check left. I know. <laughs> I saw that today. I was like, man, it's getting rough in Chicago. It was already really bad, and yeah. it's just. And then they brought in their only free agent signings were Athanasiu, Domi, and then Con Blackwell. Um, they they overpaid <laughs> both Athanasiu and Domi by a lot. I would say like over a million dollars, <laughs> based on our stuff. I mean, not a million, but it was big. And then, yeah, I don't know. I, I don't even know if Chicago's going to have a team next year. They're going to have to maybe. Are they going to be playing in a college arena soon too? Or are we going to, you know, like? Uh... <laughs> oh man, I think Arizona is going to have another. Really yeah, bad they, season again. I think. 
Um, I, well, yeah. they might not bring back Kessel. Kessel is still at UFA, right? Yeah, and, and he's – I don't – yeah. I, I, he, if they don't bring back I Kessel, think, they have – I think the Leafs need to sign Kessel again, reunion <laughs> tour uh, in Toronto. Give, yeah, him, give him like one one by one and yeah, let one him by shoot one away. Yeah, one by one for Kessel and you, you Subban. Think they should trade him – they should pay more than they pay Giordano? <laughs> <laughs> Could you imagine playing, Kessel pay, coming back to the Leafs? He should have to pay to play for them. Yeah. They're, pay, they're paying Yarncroak like $2 million more than they paid, they're paying Giordano, right? Didn't they signed John Kirk for like a 2.9 no, or paying, something? No, it was 2.1. Mm. Yeah. Well, anyway, uh, okay. So now about the Flyers. Um, I don't know. That's So that's our free agent coverage. I what don't know, else happened? I've it, forgotten. It's been like five days and a lot of stuff happened and I kind of forgot about uh, it. What were the other? I'm just trying to think if there were any other big things. Uh, so I would actually say that the for me, the number one thing, we kind of talked about this before, is just the lack of um, free agent signings after the first day. Usually yeah. there's a decent number of players who are signed in day two and three. Um, and there have been, I think, maybe like two or three prominent free agents signed since then. Um, like there have been some extensions. Josh Norris signed. Uh, well, we're still waiting on what? Yeah, uh, uh, Kadri, Chuck, Robertson, Mangiapane, Klingberg. Um, oh, yeah, Robertson still hasn't. Niederreiter hasn't signed. Uh, you know, there are some good players. Um, that you know those we talked about this. The the RFAs that weren't issued qualifying offers, like Dan Heinen hasn't signed yet. I don't think Evan Rodriguez has signed yet. Um, that's not in the qualifying offers, but um, I was very surprised I like that like, and not like Sonny Milano. <laughs> I know. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Sonny Milano. <laughs> yeah, like Sonny Milano. You know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna just, I'm gonna name our, our uh, the underlying freaks. Uh, yeah, it's but... just funny looking at <laughs> the underlying. Czar is still out there. Yeah, yeah. No, there's He's, some classic. He was a UFA, but I yeah. tweeted this, but there's some classic evolving wild players who are still oh, yeah. available. Nino but, also yeah. Niederreiter had a great season last year, and you know Nino Nino is like that's formerly our guy. that's one our of guy our, right there. My favorite player, like Dan Heinen is Sean's guy. Nino is our guy. Yeah, you know, uh, is he a free agent? It, yeah, yeah, Nino is. He's like he's hasn't signed. I haven't heard anything about Nino. Is he going to? Man, the Wild should have resigned Fiala. I mean, so that's the thing though about the Goudreau signing, right? Coming back to it, is that the Devils have like a really good young. They have really good young talent, right? Okay, if you're like if if okay, so that's the thing. It's like if people are gonna be like, who would want to play in Columbus? We're like, Columbus <laughs> is a fine city. Newark. <laughs> You know what? I, I don't Newark. I'm said. not a fan he, like oh North Jersey as a whole. Like oh wow. I have no opinion yeah, about this. I don't really know the John's, geography there. John's uh, opinions are not represent evolving hockey. Like, <laughs> uh, yeah, these are the, not opinions. Old Bagel is hockey. like the only thing that, like North in in the uh, uh, what do you call it? The the mall in East Rutherford is is terrific, <laughs> and I rode around on those me. like stuffed animal things. Okay. <laughs> Where are you There's going like with There's like two this? things in like North Jersey. Outside of that, I I just what don't like two? North Jersey as a whole. Or I just really don't like New Jersey as a whole. <laughs> <laughs> it seems like that a lot of people don't like New Jersey. But I like really... Newark, like who wants to play in Newark? I mean, I don't I know. I don't know who wants to I mean, I I'm just saying that it's like what how is it any different than I'm just saying that the Devils have a good and they have Dougie Hamilton and it could have been Johnny Goudreau and Dougie Hamilton reunited Best friends, great <laughs> storylines there, you know, but n- nope, doesn't I, want I, it. I'm still waiting for Bergeron to sign elsewhere. I want Bergeron <laughs> to sign a one, like a two-year, $7 this million is a deal. This is cursed. I'm cursing these, I, you, this idea that would, you have. Yeah, this is Do my idea. Do you want to see him go to the Avs? 
I, so I, I, yeah, that would be funny to me if, if Bergeron went to the It would app. be that. Well, see, I said <laughs> they don't have the Giordano. Space, I don't think. It still felt weird when Giordano was not a flame anymore. It, like, yeah, it was weird. It was weird. I didn't like that. Um, and now he's a leaf, and I like that even less than <laughs> when he was a Kraken. And so, when he was a Kraken. Uh, so yeah, I'm, uh, I don't know. I think. Oh, and the Burakovsky speaking of the Kraken. Burakovsky to the Kraken. I like that move. I, I like that move a, a lot. Good, pretty good move. Um, now we're just rambling about random yeah. things that Lucas remembering now. Yeah, that's true. Because <laughs> it's all coming back. Because it was like the first day, a lot of stuff happened, and still and then, nobody mentions the Winnipeg Jets. What did they do? <laughs> <laughs> Nothing. I don't know. Oh, did they oh, do let's, Dubois? Let's Have they, they, no. no. Uh, there's still a lot. Well, wasn't there? Well, that's another team Didn't that Dubois what did they think they had? Did go to the draft have? thinking that he was going to get traded? Yeah. Wasn't that the <laughs> story that, that was out there? Did like, you see I guess that, the Sean? story is that they're trying to like open up space to get Kadri. Okay. But basically, I think like the latest is like they'll take PL they'll take PLD all the way to like arbitration. Yeah. Like, yeah. Which um, is next year. Winnipeg like, signed big save Dave. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, and then uh, Jansen Harkins. I saw a lot of people tweeting about that. I don't know who that is. Uh, and then Cabo Bianco. That's those are the people. I don't know if I'm supposed to know who that person is. I know Cabo Bianco. Uh, <laughs> I know the name. Yeah, I think he was on Arizona last year, right? That sounds familiar. pretty sure he was like an expansion player potential like pick. That was yeah. Arizona. these are the only players Josh knows is the I, people I, who were potentially I know going to be available. I, yeah, in- <laughs> <laughs> the only players outside of like yeah the the major NHLers are players on the fringe who were Arizona was very difficult to to figure out who were the, who Seattle's going to take because all their players were really really bad. What's um, the, uh, <laughs> what's the GAR projection on uh, Jagger Fergus next year? Uh, well, he hasn't played in the league yet, so yeah, he doesn't get one. Is He's it not six point nine. Uh, Sean, I'm not. I'm not even answering that. Uh, point zero point did you see the zero video of him? Like the crack and put like a video out. Like they toured all the. They had like a tour for all the players at CPA. And like I don't know, he was just. It was just funny to watch, and I, I think we eventually have to do a podcast at the Amazon Music Lounge. There, got to get Danny and Namita to hook us up, and Allison to hook us up. Where, where I don't know what you're talking about right now. I don't know at what that CPA. is. I, I know I know, but like do that they have Climate a, Pledge Arena that's, for anyone that's who doesn't the Amazon know. Music Lounge. What is the What is it? What is that? It's like a music lounge. I know, but why in the arena? <laughs> yeah, like because obviously they have concerts and whatever, so it's like where like you know where you listen to music. What do they sell music there? No, 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 no. It's like a lounge. It's like I like to listen to go to like before their concerts or whatever. Yeah, but like, is it a restaurant? No, it's like a locker room, but for like. <laughs> Music like wait, so the public can go there? No. <laughs> it's like it's just, specifically it's it's almost like a lot of So it's a room, green room. Like for, it's a green room. But it's nice. Just look at the video and I yeah, think we're how, gonna record a podcast. What does this have there. to Okay, okay. I, I guess we I guess, can, can you we chill? Will. Like do they have nice do they have nice couches with headphones and stuff? Is that yes, like Yes, <laughs> exactly. Like bookshelves and whatever. It's like a Barnes and Noble. Yeah, we'll have to get nice, <laughs> yes. uh, nice cameras, and we can do up the uh, start the video presentations of the evolving hockey podcast. Yeah, but um, I'm no, trying to think of what. Okay, no, we we've we we were said that we were going to talk about the contract projection model, but we've we've just been letting Luke dictate the uh, di- the direction <laughs> of this with his his random memories. I mean, yeah, <laughs> what specifically do you like? What details? You I don't. I'm. To? I just. I the I set it off. Error. No, I, just, okay. So here's, here's are you making fun of me, Sean? <laughs> <laughs> You're gonna look at stupid meat average. No, but that's a good question. Like when you put like M A E on Twitter, like I don't know if like everybody mean, knows like mean average error and like what mean, that absolute, is. Absolute mean absolute, mean absolute error. error, 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 error. Absolute. Uh, yeah, <laughs> it's both directions. It's, no, it, yeah. it's late because we had 
technical de- you delayed me and then it's te- technical i know and now we're on the peak of our caffeine intake, yeah our, so our, we've reached the we're getting I'm a little squirrely here <laughs> like it's bedtime i'm a little squirrely it's bedtime for sean he's got to go tuck himself into his chuck fletcher sheets <laughs> um <laughs> oh, i got the maple leaf sheets oh yeah maple leaf sheets uh, with the bruins with the, uh, pl- yeah, like, yeah, with the <laughs> logo above it you know? i am wearing my my rasmus sandin shirt although, okay like um, there's a there's a player that's odd you know, hasn't been signed yet i i yeah sandin, sandin. okay enough okay, okay. Okay, Sean, I'm 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 not going to talk Point. about Sandine. First of all, Sean, when are you going to get your your combo jersey foul with the Leafs and the Bruins as one is each halves that have been sewn together? Yeah. When are you going to get that jersey made? Who, which player most? What's the most Kessel. recent player to have played no. for both the? Yeah, Kessel. Didn't the Kessel Bruins play for the Bruins? The Bruins and the Leafs. Which Tart player Lindholm. played? <laughs> get your Lindholm jersey Nick, and, and Nick Ritchie Nick, Nick Ritchie Ajay yeah. Asha yeah oh, oh Nick Ritchie would be a really good one is that it might the be split? that might be one of those cursed jerseys you can make is a Boston <laughs> Toronto split jersey of like De- Nick Ritchie yeah <laughs> I actually want one I kind of want to see it now mm-hmm. I really do Somebody but, has to have the both of those jerseys. I bet his if, if well, anyone, his parents do probably. If anyone has but, ever seen this or um, has ever made this or has a picture of anyone wearing a, one of these jerseys, please let us know. I really want to see the the combo. The it's a it's a Leafs jersey. It's a Bruins jersey. It's a combo Leafs Bruins jersey. Yeah, uh, that's what I want to see. Um, okay. Anyway, back to serious things. These are serious discussion we're having. Uh, when Sean I talk, asked about mean absolute. So error. I'll just do if if you want. Uh, we we're kind of running out of time here a little bit, so I won't get into this too much. We will have a big free agency like kind of full month preview in like a couple of weeks, so that we'll probably talk about that more. Well, on the Preview. Comment. We already previewed preview. No, I, or sorry, uh, recap? a recap. Yeah, okay, I did go. it last year, and I'll probably do it again, or I'm going to do it again. Um, but. Uh, the model so far has been performing quite well. It's been pro- in line with what it was the last couple years, um, if not a little better. If we just you know exclude two or three of the dumb contracts that were signed, um, <laughs> I call them dumb because they irritate me. That's basically the reason why. But um, the way that we evaluate it is just to compare the actual versus the projected at the given term, um, and then you take the R squared value, which is just the uh, well, I don't know, I. It's R squared, or and then you also I do mean M A E, which I'm is not, I'm not going to I'm not going to explain R it. Squared. We don't have time. Uh, it's it's just a it's a correlation, but then you square it. It's that's the simple explanation. With Pearson R correlation <laughs> squared. It's how you evaluate a lot of different. Yeah, uh, it's, a, it's an evaluation uh, uh, tool, but. MAE is mean absolute error, which is the mean of the absolute errors of all of the differences between the actual and projected hits, um, which gives you just the general margin that you were off on average. Plus um, or minus. Plus or minus. So it abs- but absolute, it means if it, was a plus, if it was a positive or negative difference, it becomes a positive. So on average, the model has been about $400,000 uh, 400, off, give or take, uh, plus or minus. Um, and I think actually the, the actual actual mean error would be not absolute is like basically right around zero it depends now ufas and rfas uh, are different rfas are pretty much are we're like it's like some absurdly high r squared value right now for our for our rfa projections the ufas which is what happens every year are a little bit more um uncorrelated i guess there's more variance there um right now the trend is that uh players who were projected to be very high ufas in terms of dollars are signing a little under their projected value um now this is a very stark difference from what we've seen in the past because like it used to be that you couldn't really get your ufas to be projected high enough like you would always under project what ufas would sign on the high end that used to be what it was and now at least the top end a couple players are kind of impacting where the trends are you know so you have yeah goudreau Latang, rust Vander kane ryan strome um 
who was the other one that I'm thinking of that was big? I mean, other than Giordano, there was another. I think Trocheck. Trocheck was another big one that signed pretty far under what we expected. So, but overall, uh, the model's done pretty well. Um, I think. Yeah, but I think I think it's interesting that the UFAs specifically that have signed in the first five days are kind of very are the the higher end. Like as as you go, you know, up to maybe three or four million. Those have been pretty much spot on, basically, or in line with what we would. We yeah, maybe projected. even like four or five million. You could say, I yeah. would say. So, like the the you know projected versus actual line has been basically y equals x. So it's been a straight line essentially is the trend line. But then when you get up, which to 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 the top end UFAs that you know we see that kind of turn downwards. Yeah. a little bit in terms but of a trend. Like I said in the first part. Uh, if you just remove Giordano, Latang, and Russ, the the trend line is pretty much spot on with the Y equals X line. Yeah. So like the the actual, you know, and I guess to put a little bit more context or context around this, or give a little more context for this, the reason why we look at like the trend lines here is that the model is um pretty. There's a lot of heteroscedasticity in the model, which is the fancy word to say that there's an imbalance between the distributions of like it's there aren't the same number of players who sign. $8 million deals as there are who signed $1 million deals. And so when you have that kind of imbalance between within your data set, um, it can cause some problems in terms of what we might call the calibration of the model. Um, and so if you're like, for instance, projecting a bunch of all of the, you know, $800,000 players and you're getting those ones right, but you're wildly off or completely like skewed one or the other on your high end, well, then you maybe have some issues that you didn't address in terms of that skewed distribution among your projections. And so, um, for me personally, at least for the two of us, when we do this, I'm just as interested in the model being good in terms of its overall accuracy, but then also how well is it calibrated. So that's kind of one of the things that we key in on a lot because those the high end, like say the five million per year plus players, there's just not as many of them, and so you, when you have to or dealing with that from a modeling standpoint, means you have to put more care there. So that's kind of why we talk about trend lines is that there is a big difference there, and it's pretty hard to project those high end players like accurately. Um, granted, when you have less players, you're just generally going to have more variance in those projections because there's just not as many data points and they kind of want vary a lot. And then we also have a lot of stuff that comes into it where we can't capture from a data standpoint, you know, like with like, I'm sure like somebody made a joke, like we have Bergeron projected at like a three year $7.2 million deal or something right now. And I, I wouldn't surprise me if he signed like a one by 3 million or one by 2 million, which would just absolutely break the evaluation again, like Giordano. Um, so, uh, yeah, I think I pretty much covered everything. We're kind of, again, I, we, I got squished towards the end. I wanted to start <laughs> the second half uh, talking about this, mo the most fun, uh, the most fun, interesting evaluation content you can think of. But for, for the most part, it's nice for us because it's a little, um, stressful every year. Just when you put a model that out that projects this kind of stuff, you kind of want it to be accurate and right. And so it's it's a little bit of a relief well, for it's us. More that, of we need it to be. Yes. Yeah. We do. Yes. Because <laughs> it's say. like it does. I think that when you're saying this with like projecting, you know, I mean, we've said this before, but we take this very seriously. So like, yeah, we kind of joke a lot about this, but it is something that's something we take very seriously. And Josh spent many months uh, error testing and checking everything just to make sure that there weren't any bugs. So yeah, um, you know, nice and again, to... again, we need to shout out Cap Friendly. We, we do. Couldn't we really do. Any do. Of this without their yeah, Cap Friendly is an incredible website. Most hockey fans were familiar, but um, 
uh, go check them out. Uh, add them to your bookmarks if you're if you're not already uh, you know trying to build your own team from your couch. Yeah, uh, like we, we are. are. <laughs> yeah, like Sean is. Like Sean his, is. His Leafs with his, <laughs> in his Leafs bed sheets with <laughs> um, the Bruin shirt. But yeah. for our for our, but I will say the last thing I'll, I'll point out is we did. It wasn't like we got all of the UFAs wrong. We actually were really pretty good except for a few of them and like Forsberg we nailed Giroux we nailed um I don't know there were a couple other players that were uh like spot on and there were a couple that were like that we are under like I we talked about Mason Marchment how we yeah. like our projection for Mason Marchment was probably going to be low he signed um, with Dallas right yeah it was like a was it four by four or something like that yeah I think so um which is about a million or a million and a half higher per year than we had projected um so I, I still think it's a pretty good value deal for Dallas it's just that his history is really well it'll be interesting um, to see what he does yeah. on the stars and um, yeah the other thing I, I guess is that we didn't and I might do this too I don't know Sean I'm kind of curious your opinion is that there were a decent number of extensions like non-free agent extensions this offseason like Tampa extended Sergachev, Sorelli and Cernak I think yeah um, and and so those were not included in this, even though we had projections for them. Um, this is probably a whole other thing we can get into later. But um, we we also do contract projections on the site for non-free agents. But it can get a little tricky for players who have you know are just a year or two away from their most recent deal because that deal will be included in training. So it's kind of you don't really want to use that. So we the model is really set up for free agents. But um, I think for those three with Tampa, their deals were far enough away that and they they were all entry level deals. So these are their first. Uh, I think I don't think either. I don't think any all three of them had signed an RFA deal oh, they yet. Had, yeah, they had or maybe bridges. they. they yeah, yeah, sorry, they oh, that's what I. Sorry, that's what I meant. They were on their RFA after the ELC. Um, so those, I think those three, uh, we had. I think Sergachev signed about a million higher than we projected, and then Cernak and Sorelli were more or less within like three hundred thousand for each. I think they both were a little under that. Um, anyway, yeah, but so, then yeah, the joke was Tampa. How how is Tampa gonna? Oh Keep, yeah, you know they just gave well, out. Well, that's like, a, I mean that was another thing that came up. Is there's a seemed like a lot of speculation that like the cap will increase a lot in the next five to ten years. Um, that seems to be I saw that kind of floating around too, which is one of the reasons why Tampa felt like they could maybe do this now. Um, now I don't know. I don't know if that's actually going to happen, um, but it wouldn't surprise me if like in the next you know at some point in the next year or two that it does jump like five or seven million would make sense to kind of um, counteract the flat nature during COVID and whatnot but anyway that's the model evaluation it's doing pretty well check them out check out the contract projections on evolving hockey please uh, clap there's <laughs> there's still a lot of free agents out there I think in the thread I there were about 218 free agents that we projected that haven't signed yet um, I think we have about 180 that that have signed so not even half of the free agents we projected have signed so it'll be interesting to kind of follow for the rest of the summer and see what happens um, I know Sean has really enjoyed the contract projections and sending out tweets uh, you know, from the Evolving Hockey account. He's having a great time over there, yeah. I can tell. You, he's not he's just, about to fall asleep. <laughs> That's your own fault. That was, no, I'm just kidding. I, I think I, I'm on my way to technical difficulties here, so. Okay, well, we should end it then. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know. So, whatever, we'll be back. <laughs> we'll, yeah, whatever. Right? Whatever, Josh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, no, whatever, Luke. I, I oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I know, I'm, I'm just kidding, it's fine. Luke will, Luke will go find a, a script in our studio to, to yeah. ponder over while Josh yeah. it's a podcast, but we will I mean, be back. You're not uh, too far off. <laughs> this time next week, um, hopefully talking about, you know, a big deal, maybe Kadri or Klinkberg signs. I don't know. I doubt it. But yeah. we'll see if anything happens in this time period. I think everybody's kind of on vacation, and we'll resume some negotiations after this at this point. I feel like that's usually the theme. It's like, 
yeah first couple of days and then there's like some downtime and then we'll resume in august or something but yeah we'll there's see. a reason why we have the first main chunk in our projection is the first month after free agency because it, it does take a little time sometimes but after that it, it's kind of a holdout territory so we'll see that's that's the one thing i'm curious about is if we're going to have more holdouts this summer than um than we usually do and i mean not necessarily in the strict idea that the player themselves are holding out for more money but maybe they're having trouble finding a team that wants to sign them for the deal they want um so it'll be interesting anyway sean take yeah let us you i, I interrupted you saying bye so <laughs> all right well we'll see y'all next time hokum and uh yeah <laughs> take it easy sean. yeah thanks sean see ya.